0: your hosts, Jeannie Walters and Adam Toporek, are two of the most recognized and respected names in customer experience, and they have dedicated themselves to helping you improve your customer experiences. And now, it's time for Adam and Jeannie.
1: Jeannie, so there's been a sequel that came out a few months ago to a movie from, yes, we're going to have to admit it, um, R our childhood
2: in that movie they felt the need for speed <laughs> i still haven't seen the sequel is i ridiculous? haven't either i know it's crazy Ah, oh, <laughs> right, top maybe, done baby
1: do you have something else to do maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but yes you know we've talked about speed before but it is incredibly important in customer experience and mm-hmm one of the questions we have is how important right we know when we know things are important we talk about the different aspects and dimensions of customer experience uh one of the questions is well okay great we know it's important but how important is it and that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about today
2: mm-hmm, for sure and i think that the interesting part of this is that if we had this conversation 10 years ago or even five years ago we would have been talking about speed and the time needed differently because expectations change all the time and we seem to be living in a faster and faster world and that means customers need they have the need for speed adam
1: (laughs) they have the need for speed and you know who helps them with that
2: our sponsor forethought wow this was that was well done sir thank you thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the thing with,
1: I mean, the customer expectations are higher than ever, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, when we think about chatbots, when we think about moving beyond traditional chatbots, that's what Forethought does. They infuse that human-centered AI that understands customer sentiment and intent, and it empowers things that make the process faster, like customers mm-hmm. enabling customers to self-serve, automatically routing tickets to the right agent, enabling agents to resolve Cases faster.
2: That's right. That's right. It's all you know there to make sure that people get what they need when they need it, which is exactly what we're talking about today. So, listeners, go check out Forethought by visiting forethought.ai/ctcc to learn more about human centered AI and also how you can get a one hundred dollar gift card. So again, that's forethought.ai/ctcc, which of course stands for Crack the Customer Code.
1: Absolutely. Well, Jeannie, this is a bit of a bittersweet episode. Um, it is. Oh, wow. It is officially our last guest on the Crack the Customer Code.
2: That's uh, right. So we wanted to make sure this was a special person, right?
1: We did. So we have brought on uh, our colleague and friend, Jay Bear, who is always a fount of wisdom. Uh, we could talk mm-hmm. to Jay for hours. Uh, he brings such incredible insights to uh, mm-hmm every aspect of customer experience and uh, he's got a new book and some new research to share.
2: That's right. And so we're really excited about this conversation all about speed and time and all those things, but also just kind of exploring customer experience in general with our friend Jay. And for those of you who don't know, Jay Bear is a customer experience and marketing author, expert, and researcher. He's a seventh-generation entrepreneur and has written six books and led five multi-million dollar companies. <laughs> I mean, who who else can say that? He founded the global marketing and CX consultancy Convince & Convert and has advised many of the world's most iconic brands. He co-founded and led the Social Pros podcast for 10 years and the show just received the award for Best Marketing Podcast from the Content Marketing Institute. He is also an inductee into the Hall of Fame for word of mouth marketing as well as for professional speaking. His new research report about the importance of responsiveness in business is called The Time to Win. And here we are with our very special guest, Jay Bear. We're so happy that you're joining us here on Crack the Customer
0: Code. Jeannie Adam, fantastic to be back on the code Partiness is such sweet uh, sorrow, but I am fired <laughs> up to, to be here and joined by your spectacular audience. This is going to be a lot of fun.
1: Uh, we are so excited and it's great to have you back and, uh, clo- you know, we really wanted to have, get some special guests for this, uh, as we close out the show and you were at the top of the list. So just a pleasure to have you. And I want to dig in. You, know, One of the things I've always loved about what you do as a speaker and a writer is that you do a lot of original research that goes into your books and that goes into your speeches. And I know you've been doing some research lately, which covers consumer attitudes about business speed and responsiveness. So just tell us a little bit about uh, what that research is and what you're finding.
0: Thanks so much, Adam. Yeah, I appreciate that. I always feel like while lots of folks out there are, are drawing conclusions and, and doing research, I feel like I'm going to go on a stage and and talk about it for two or three years. Uh, at least some of those data points should be data points that I collected on my own. And and so I just finished up uh, the new research. It's called "The Time to Win: The 2022 Business Speed Study." The website's thetimetowin.com, which may or may not be up by the time, by the time this episode airs. <laughs> let's assume let's assume that it is, uh, and then and, and, and we'll see. Uh, thetimetowin.com and and we looked at a couple thousand uh, American consumers uh, normalized across uh, demographics and age and gender, et cetera. And, and I've I've always hypothesized that this is the case. All the books I've written have had at least one chapter on speed and responsiveness as a key element of, of marketing and customer experience and customer service. But we really put that principle to the test here and discovered that for two thirds of cus- customers out there, two thirds of them say that speed is as important as price. Mm. Speed is as important as price. And as it turns out, uh, Adam and Jeannie, of all the different components of CX, and of course there are many, 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 many different components, this research indicates that the most important component is in fact speed and responsiveness for a couple of reasons. It's one that is very palpably felt by consumers. And also it's one of the dimensions of CX that never stands still if you think about what we considered to be fast when this show began (laughs) versus now it's really different right so so speed expectations never stand still and that's different like our expectations for politeness or empathy or some other dimension of cx generally speaking are fairly static across years or maybe even across decades but speed expectations are a moving target which is why i find it so fascinating and decided to devote an entire research project just to speed and responsiveness, which will of course become a keynote and a book and all the things.
1: Cool. awesome yeah you know, one thing i'm really interested in is when you did this study did you see any impacts uh, or were you able to, d- to glean anything about impacts from the pandemic I and mean, one thing and this is anecdotal this has not been researched by me at least uh you know i feel like that trend towards frictionless and effortless only increased with the uh with the pandemic right oh As absolutely only... especially right.
0: because so many people transacted, interacted, engaged virtually, where reducing friction and obstacles is kind of the coin of the realm. The other thing we we looked at, and we actually asked this question specifically, and the, and the research was conducted uh, after the pandemic was, quote unquote, uh, over, we asked people, hey, so here's the deal. Uh, obviously, global pandemic, you may have heard of it. Um, how do you feel about business responsiveness, since then. And it turns out, and, and this really, really surprised me. It turns out that about six in ten, either six or seven in ten co- consumers expect businesses. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. It's 83%, even better 83% of customers expect businesses to respond as fast or faster than before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Wow. 83%. So this idea that your customers wow. will give you a pandemic pass I and mean, be like, yeah, look, man, I get it. Uh, supply chain and and staffing shortages and process. Nope, customers mm-hmm. do not yeah. care, <laughs> and so that's why it drives me insane when I go to websites. And you still see it today, oh, even yeah. though we're at, you know, and, and you get like the top of the websites, like, well, hey, um, really sorry, pandemic. It's going to take like six years to get a sweater. <laughs> and I'm like, No, bro, like I don't care anymore. Get your act together. <laughs>
2: Well, it's what I find really interesting, too, is when I, you know, I work with a lot of B2B organizations, and they they sometimes don't think these rules apply to them, right? They're like, well, our our clients, they're just going to wait for us. Like, we'll get them the information kind of when we're good and ready. And uh, they don't think there will be a, a negative response to that when they're so lax about responding so to inquiries true. and questions and service issues even and i just think that you know you're you're talking about 83% i would encourage the b2b world out there who's listening to realize that's you too right well, <laughs> like this yeah, isn't no mutually exclusive
0: <laughs> i couldn't agree more uh, that the b2b community largely doesn't lean into responsiveness to the degree that they should mm-hmm. because they're hiding behind switching costs yeah the assumption is look it's you know you no one's gonna rip out their CRM and put in a new CRM just because it took us an extra day to get back to you
2: mm-hmm. until they do right That's right exactly until they decide correct.
0: they've had enough <laughs> until the, until the other vendor is so responsive they're like well what it must be like to work with them every day. Mm -hmm. So yes, you're exactly right. All of these, um, data points apply just as much to B2B. And in some cases I think more because the stakes are higher. Like if I'm buying beef jerky and it takes a little longer, that (laughs) sucks, but it's not a game changer. But if I'm buying, you know, a, a piece of manufacturing equipment Mm -hmm. I need it now, or I need right. the answer now, or I need the quote now, or I need you to answer my question now because the ramifications of me not having that answer are literally costing me and my company money every single minute, and and it's shocking to me I would argue, if you sort of had a blank sheet of paper, and of course we don't, but if we did, <laughs> I would argue that B2B should be faster than B2C, but mm-hmm. in reality, the opposite is often the case. It is. Well,
1: yeah. And I would also add the re- one of the reasons for that is that switching costs works against you once they leave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're not coming back. <laughs> what, it, what it takes to go, when it takes to exactly. move and go to mm-hmm. another company and B2B, yeah, they're not coming back.
2: Yeah,
0: you're not going to get a second chance.
2: Right. 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 Well, I love how how we're thinking about even the idea of there are these triggers, right? There are these things that happen in customer experience that can either boost the ideal and make people feel more comfortable and loyal and all those things, or there are these triggers that make them second guess and doubt and all of those things. And you talk about three elements of your business that are non-negotiable. Like, what we should think about is non-negotiable for customers. So can you talk about those three elements?
0: One of the big challenges with CX, and I'm telling people who know everything about CX this. (laughs) um, (laughs) One of the big challenges is that business typically thinks of it holistically. Mm -hmm. And In fact, let me just get a little soapbox here and say that customer experience, and I'm throwing up my air quotes right now, doesn't actually exist. Mm It's fake, it's not a real thing. Because customer experience is not a thing. It's not a dial that you can twist or a switch that you can flick. It is ipso facto the collection of all the things. Mm -hmm. Customer experience as we typically refer to it in business is just a nickname. It's just a term of art, it's a taxonomy, it's a label that we have all agreed to adopt But what it really means is all the decisions that you make in your business every hour of every day. Right. (laughs) Right. And the challenge is when you go to a business and you all know this so well and say, hey, you should get better at your customer experience. They're like, yeah, we should. Like nobody ever (laughs) says they shouldn't. I've been doing this for 30 years. Nobody ever says, no, you know what? It's okay if the customer experience is bad, like they all Mm -hmm. nod and smile, but then they don't actually know what to do about it. right? Because when you think about it holistically, it actually prevents any real changes from occurring Mm -hmm. and and for you to actually get better at cx you have to stop start or alter some behaviors that's it Mm -hmm. stop start or alter some behaviors so the question then becomes okay Jay, great i understand we got to make it more granular for it to be effective if customer experience quote unquote is all the things which of the things should we focus on so i did a ton of analysis on this and discovered that across all businesses and all categories it doesn't matter what you're selling whether it's like a circus equipment or a popcorn machine or a smart speaker the things that matter most to customers they want you to be quick they want you to be clear and they want you to be kind quick clear and kind and if you can get those three right, or at least more right than you get them today, Mm -hmm. you will be well on your way to meeting or exceeding ever escalating customer expectations, which of course has significant and measurable economic impact on your business.
2: Mm Wow. It seems so easy. Why don't, why doesn't everybody do this, Jay? <laughs> the,
0: fact, the fact that they don't means that we're all still employed. So exactly. Job security. I
2: know
0: we, we all get the same answer from everybody, right?
2: Oh, I, but
1: I do this. I talk about customer experience. Oh, we need you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <Right>? exactly. <laughs> the world exactly. needs you.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah, and I tell you, it's hard right now because we've got this whole shrinkflation thing happening mm-hmm. um, where where just the, you know, CX is being used as a bargaining chip uh, with revenue and profits. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, I do understand that in some cases there are meaningful shortages of employees and other raw materials that contribute to a positive customer experience. But I also feel like businesses are using the pandemic and and shortages of personnel etc as a excuse to provide less and like well customers will understand i mean we all travel a ton the, the whole hey we're never going to clean your room in a hotel anymore thing. Right. <laughs> and i'm like oh, i get it and at first it was like you don't want somebody in there because maybe they got COVID or you got COVID. we all got yeah. COVID. and and then it was we don't have any housekeepers maybe they're still a short on housekeepers but now it just feels like you know, well, that's, that's just something not doing we not do anymore. We're just not yeah. gonna we're, we're, yeah. we're just not going to, and they're not reducing hotel rates any. Right. Um, <laughs> well, and, and they're, yeah, they're people, doing the opposite. Exactly, <laughs> right? And there's evidence of that same kind of shrinkflation in lots and lots of categories of service, and mm-hmm. uh, n- the time will tell, right? You can't really um, measure that across all businesses in real time, but I do wonder if there's going to be a blowback at some point.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that the the other part of that that is so interesting to me is for a while they were putting everything into the choice of the customer. They were saying, hey, it's up to you. Do you want us to clean your room or not? And that yep. felt very personalized. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, well, you know what? <laughs> this is so much cheaper if we just don't. <laughs> so we're just going to take that away. So I think that's another area where personally, I think the the brands out there that start providing those choices again Yes, even if they don't even if they have the same number of housekeepers right like even if they say hey it it might take us a while to get to your room but if you want it done we're gonna make sure that happens for you uh those choices that people have that's what makes them feel in control and and like they're being they're being served really instead of just being told like deal with it, which is kind uh, of as as where I, we are today. As much as I'm <laughs>
0: totally annoyed by the nickel and diming that most airlines do. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you want a carry on bag, if you want soda, if you want a snack, if you want oxygen, those are all <laughs> Um I suspect I, 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 it annoys me, but as you said, Jeannie, at least I have a choice. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: suspect where we're going to land in the next 12 months in the hotel business is there. That yeah. that if you want daily housekeeping, you're happy to give that to you if it's you pay an extra $15 a day. And then mm-hmm. there'll be like a, a list of tack on charges because it's obviously worked uh, for the airlines uh, in terms mm-hmm. of shifting that model. But it's another example of of a trend that I've really been paying attention to. And this almost was the new research. I just couldn't quite get my arms around it enough, but maybe it'll be the next research. Is this idea that one of the ways that companies are boosting profits is by making their customers the employees.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Clean your own That's room. Yeah, right. Clean your yeah. own room. There's a McDonald's at the airport uh, in Indianapolis, my home airport. They don't have any counter people. Yep. At all. It's just a kiosk. Mm-hmm. If, in, in like a in like a hand, just like a magic hand <laughs> comes out of the wall <laughs> do a bag. That's literally it. There's no people. It's only kiosk. If you don't want to use a kiosk, you can't eat at this McDonald's. So it's totally <laughs> automated. Um, yeah. So now, now I am have to place my own order. You've got the housekeeping issue. You know now when you call in for service in a lot of businesses, and this has always been the case, but I feel like they've ramped it up. It's like, look, you could do this on the website, seriously, man, or you yeah. can chat, or you could do anything. <laughs> just don't lay on hold. We don't want to talk to you because it's expensive right. for us. Uh, they're just like coercing you to not use the telephone. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's definitely. There's definitely a there there I think in that trend that let's just make the let's just make the customers the employees and think how much money we can save. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: tell me tell me what you think of this because I tend to think uh, economics controls everything even with CX. Um, you know, I've, I've had some debates with a mutual friend of all of ours about these B corporations, and my argument was always. They're great, uh, social purpose is all great, but when it comes down, when when the times get tight, I think you're going to see all of that stuff. If it ever interferes with profit and times are tight, you're going to see it disappear. And likewise, with some of these trends, I, let me know what you think. I feel like a lot of it will depend on the competition in the market. Like the airlines have been able to do this because it's not a very competitive market, right? Um Hotels that'll be interesting with Airbnb, like how much nickel and diming will we take when we have this whole new ecosystem? Yes. Yes. right. So what, what do you think of that? because I've just been looking at sort of how different industries have responded and you know it's very complex with labor dynamics and all the other factors in supply chain. Um, but there is this idea of um, you know CX is a competitive advantage, but only if you need it.
0: Right. Yeah. I think that's a really, a really interesting point. And I I agree that it's, it's sometimes hard to adopt an alternative, even if you want to adopt an alternative. Um, you know, Airbnb is available, but it's not always suitable in every situation, right? So is it, is it a one-to-one comparison? No, it's probably a one to 1.5 uh, right. <laughs> comparison, right? So it's, it, it can get a, a little tricky, but, uh, the fact remains that, that, Customers do care about some of these larger criteria, and I think the B Corp uh, question is an interesting one. You probably saw the the data from Accenture uh, about how much customers care about corporate values and and environmental responsibility and accountability and those kind of things. Um, the data that's that am- they put amazing. out amazing. <laughs> earlier this year, it was I think it was forty two percent. I'm pretty sure that's the number of consumers would change banks. Now, I don't know the last time you tried to change a banks was, (laughs) but holy cow is that a house. Speaking of switching costs. Yeah, it's just not easy. Uh, 42% of customers would switch banks if they felt their bank no longer represented their worldview. Mm. I'm like, wow, that is amazing. So yes, on one hand, um, CX matters until it doesn't. On the other hand, if you say all right, we care more and more about values and value-based alignment. I think there's a CX role to play there, or at least the CX uh, is kind of the, the front-facing manifestation of those mm-hmm. values. And I think that's a really interesting topic that. that needs to be explored more as well, right? Like how does anybody know that your bank stands for whatever, right. unless it sort of leaks through in the customer experience?
2: Well, and I think that, you know, some of these brands are thinking in a very future focused way about all of this. And it's exciting to see because values are more than words. You have to actually show your values. You have to actually express them in action and behaviors. And one of my favorite examples of this right now is Ikea actually, because they are, they've made a huge commitment to sustainability. And what they're doing is now designing their furniture so that it can be more easily disassembled so think about that (laughs) get out your (laughs) allen wrench and uh, also so and the the point there is so that people can sell it and reuse it more easily when they're done with it and then the other part of that is they're they're creating it so that eventually it can be recycled it can be composted whatever it is Um, there are there are Denim companies doing this now, where if you're done with your jeans, you can plant them, (laughs) they become like part of the organic soil. So I think what what's happening is people are realizing, like, it's not just that we we can talk about sustainability, it's that we have to change who we are as a brand to really look to the future and figure that out. So I love um, that. I there's love it. So really cool you're, stuff. Putting,
0: you're putting meat on the bone then, right? It's yeah. so easy to just fall into sloganeering, right? Yes. Whether it's greenwashing or uh, performative allyship or, or any other mm-hmm. sort of values based um, behaviors on the part of a company or a corporation or a business. But when those values are activated and are part mm-hmm. parcel of the customer experience you provide, not only does it make that perspective ring true, but it's much easier to then use it as a competitive business advantage. Because right. you're not just saying we stand for this, you are behaving in a way that makes the fact that you stand for that self-evident. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really, really like that. And and I wish more businesses would would almost do it opposite and say, okay, w- what can we do to be more sustainable? Mm-hmm. Now, once we've done that, let's talk about it. As opposed yeah. to what they typically do is let's talk about how great we are, even though there's... Like- <laughs>
2: Right,
1: right. <laughs> and right. it's, you know, it's more important than ever on a generational basis. And it's also, you know, we've been talking about it through the lens of CX. It's incredibly important now from the lens of EX as well. Absolutely. Uh, from the labor market. they uh, you know, Younger generations want to work for companies that share their values. Absolutely. Or unwilling to work for companies that don't. So, it's, yeah, it's a very interesting dynamic. And you know what? That's a perfect moment to pivot to the future. Now, I know like every year you, the three of us are asked by some blog or other, what's your prediction for the next year in CX? But this is our last, uh, our last hurrah here. So we want to get a little broader, Jay. We want to really get your thoughts on what's the next five to 10 years look like, uh, you know, with the uh, <laughs> requisite uh, who knows, but um, you know, <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you think uh, is in store for CX and EX and just sort of the whole ecosphere in which we all work?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's a net positive, but I don't think it matters. To me, the unassailable truth is that AI-driven robots, Mm -hmm. fake real people agents, um, and self-service will become the norm as opposed to the exception, you know, you think it's hard to get a real person on the phone now uh, <laughs> or, or on email now or in any contact mechanism now. Uh, get back to me in 10 years yeah. when, when it will only be uh, robots and androids and, and, um, and what have you. So we, we're all going to have to get comfortable with that. This idea that um, interacting with technology that pretends to be a human is the way that you interact with a business collective. And there's good, of course going to be ways to do that well, and, and ways to do it poorly. But that is absolutely um, the direction we're headed. It just makes too much sense. The technology is there. Consumers are more um, willing to adopt that kind of interaction anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one of the one of the significant um, developments. And and then and then, befitting the my current research, just everybody focusing on getting faster at everything slightly faster. And and of course, AI and predictive modeling makes that a reality, right? The fastest way to be is to be predictive, right? Is to answer Mm -hmm. the question before it has to be asked um, or to serve up the product before it has to be requested. We're gonna see a lot more of that in practice in the field as big data, artificial intelligence and uh, and machine learning becomes really more of a frontline Circumstance as opposed to a back office circumstance.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, all of those things together, if you look at that, uh, you know, the AI and machine learning and all of that is going to help us serve people faster. So it's all coming together in a really cool way for the future. So I, I love that. And so, Jay, as we wrap up here today, one of the things we're asking all of our guests this season is really about you what delights you personally about working with customers about working in this industry
0: well if we if we accept as likely this notion that it's going to be largely technology self-serve quick robots ai if that's the future then If you boil that down, what we really are is in a robots contest, right? It's your robot versus my robot.
2: (laughs) Cool. Rock'em, sock'em, robots. And
0: (laughs) if if, if it's a robot contest, then, then, ultimately, the playing field gets narrower, because, yes, there's some software that's better than other software, but largely they're they're dealing with the same use case, the same capabilities. Um, and and so the distance between winners and losers in CX will narrow because everybody is using the same base technology when it all becomes technology first. Cool. In that world, and the thing that really makes me excited still about doing this work, is that in a robots contest empathy becomes king
2: Mm
0: -hmm. In, in a scenario where everything conspires to squeeze every drop of human empathy kindness and dignity out of the process organizations that can continue to add a tiny bit of a human touch who can actually demonstrate uh, empathy and kindness and compassion will be the businesses that succeed in the next five to 10 years. And the organizations that that aren't willing to just put their customer experience on autopilot are, are the ones that are going to win. And, and that's why I keep doing this.
2: Hmm, I awesome. love it.
0: You're singing our song, Jay.
2: Jay, thank you for everything that you've brought to our industry and just to Adam and I personally and to our show over the years. We really, really appreciate you.
0: An incredible show. It is such an extraordinary body of work and the nice thing is that so much of what you've put out there has incredible evergreen value uh i'm so proud of of uh, of what you've been able to accomplish and i know literally thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people are better because of the work that you've done here and the work that you'll continue to do so it's a, an absolute honor to to be on the show and and congratulations to you both can't wait to see what comes next oh man thank you so much we thank really you appreciate so much, it jay.
2: yeah well what a guy jay is first of all how great to kind of wrap up with somebody who has been part of our lives for a long time who has you know lended so much to our industry and really just has been generous in so many ways so i'm really i'm really uh, like you said kind of bittersweet about this because it is our our final one but i'm so happy that we could wrap things up with jay
1: yeah we, uh, we closed out strong it was a fantastic conversation uh, jay always brings such great insights and mm-hmm. um You know, we've got a couple more episodes left and it's just gonna be you and me, Jeannie.
2: (laughs) Well, I think that's probably the best way to do it. We still have the Bourbon Summit coming up, of course, which is how we wrap things up every season. So, you know, for those of you who are looking for more about what Jay talked about too, make sure that you check out, he's got a couple great um, sites. He's got jbear.com, of course, but then he has a great newsletter called The Bear Facts, and that's B-A-E-R, of course. And then he's a tequila guy now. Have you noticed this? He, he is giving recommendations and even has an Instagram account all about tequila at tequila JBear. So wanted to make sure that we left you with that wisdom because lots of good content there to check out as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Between Jay and the tequila and us and the bourbon stuff, but we might be giving people the wrong impression at this point. <laughs> that's
2: true. <laughs> well, hopefully, you're listening to this at a, an appropriate time <laughs> to exactly. go ahead and break those things out. But, you know, as we wrap up this season, as we wrap up uh, everything here at Crack the Customer Code, I think one of the things that came out of this discussion yet again is how important it is to kind of grow with your customers. And that's something that just as a reminder, our sponsor Forethought can help you do, right? So if you haven't checked out forethought.ai slash CTCC, which is for Crack the Customer Code, go ahead and do that. They learn all about the human-centered AI and how you can get a $100 gift card just by visiting forethought.ai slash CTCC. So Adam, is this it? Are we wrapping up?
1: I think we are wrapping up. It is our final guest episode. So, you know, we appreciate everyone who has been listening. Uh, We've got a couple of killer last episodes coming for you uh, 499 and 500. We're closing it out on the big number.
2: That's right. That's right. And for those of you who have been here from the beginning with us, thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. And for those of you who are just joining us, maybe you just discovered us, go check out those back episodes. And Thank you for being here as well. We are also grateful to C-Suite Radio. We are a proud member, so be sure to check out com and com. And I, of course, am so grateful that you're here, that Adam, you're here, that Jay was here with us, and that our listeners just have carried us through all these many episodes. Come say hi to me at com.
1: Uh, Well, you have filled my heart with your gratitude, and I share it back to all of our (laughs) listeners, to Jay and to you. And I am Adam Tuporik, and you can, of course, learn more about me at CustomersThatStick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself.
2: And take care of your customers.